Hey, you guys! Welcome to the Almost Illegal Dynasty Superflex League Fantasy Podcast, a subsidiary of the Football Goonies. I'm your host, Jason Seplick, the FF Goonie. You can always find me at on Twitter at the FF Goonie. Uh, once again, we had an inaugural episode, I believe, that was just like an introduction to the new members of the league, but welcome to AIDS. This is going to be an exciting 2019 inaugural season. We had a real, real great draft to start things off with the veterans only draft, and we have the rookie draft to look forward to. So plenty of great matchups, great format, and it's all around great. That's right, folks. Time for a great podcast to go with such a great fantasy football league. If you're new to the Atlanta Foot Clan dynasty of or family of leagues, then mahalo and welcome. I believe mahalo means welcome. Who knows? Anyways, on today's show, we're going to do a quick recap of the veterans only draft with our wrestling themed league. Uh, it's going to be a little shorter and a little raw as far as just me talking than normal. Um, but I got hockey to get to in a little bit, and I'm not here just to serve you turds. So, without further ado, we're going to focus on the draft. Like I said, we're going to go through the... Um, basically, the, it's going to be the first five rounds. I'm going to get a focused look at my favorite, my least favorite... And my questionable, we will see picks. Uh, then we're going to go to picks I like, picks I hate, winning potential winning moves for this season, and then a breakdown of strengths, weaknesses, and needs and priorities going into the rookie draft for each of the teams. I'm not going to give you a grade. We'll leave that to Brian to give his BS uh, power rankings. And then I will grade with a... Uh, a curve on his BS with the truth and passion that I always bring to this league. Uh, for all of those that are rejoining us with a new addition to the league, thank you for returning and or expanding your time. Um, some new formats for this year. We already talked about it on the Dynasty Leagues podcast earlier today. Is we're going to try to at the very least get Brian to come back with his fantasy philosopher segment. Uh, we want to get at the very least segments with some of the members, uh, at least the original members. I don't know how many we'll actually get to this season. Um, and then if we can, we'll try to get into a co-hosting thing. We don't really have the capability yet. We're working on it. And by we, I mean me. So lay off. All right. Without further ado, let's get into the rounds one through five review. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. All right, starting with round one. Pick I like or love. We're going to start with Devontae Adams. Axel coming in hot after trading back and still getting the Number three receiver, uh, especially with the allure of running backs this year and quarterbacks in a 2QB league. I thought this was a solid pick. 
Uh, there's not really much to look at in this as far as picks. I love no one's going to jump out and take someone that isn't the best player available. Um, but you can't screw up the first round, so that's the best pick in my opinion, even though it's really not like to his credit that much other than trading back. Segwaying into the pick I hate, Patrick Mahomes with the 101. Now, there is an argument to be made for Patrick Mahomes with the 101 in a Superflex Dynasty League where you have Patrick Mahomes for pretty much forever. He is a generational talent. He is amazing. And although there is questions around Tyreek Hill and that offense this year compared to last year, he is a fantastic pick. Unless you bypass some really important pieces, especially when wide receiver is uber important something that you people failed to understand for the most part um and then on top of that to give away a boatload to get him yeah don't like it don't like it at all so that was my least favorite pick and then the big question uh mark we will see how it turns out is going to be cmc i have famously been the person that traded away cmc while he was a back end why or running back one 10 to 12 during the first half of last year until he exploded. The problem is he exploded against super weak run defenses. He exploded against um, just crap, basically, as far as the run game compared to the the DVOA. And then on top of that, um, I'm sorry, but running backs adding weight is not a great thing. The little guy is questionable if he's going to hold up. And they've always planned on scaling back his running workload. Now, I understand the majority of his work is in the passing game. But as the passing game gets better, his passing share goes down as well. You have a full season with DJ Moore. You have a healthy season with Curtis Samuel. You have Greg Olson back. You have a lot of factors that are going to maybe curb his total target share. And then on top of that, we don't know if he's going to hold up to that size of workload. I think he ended up getting injured last season undisclosed, having a little cleanup procedure this offseason. And I think it's going to be a real question mark. If he ends up delivering, great pick. If he ends up failing a little bit, probably could have done better going a different route that early. Next up, we have the second round. Yours truly made the best pick with Mike Evans. Once again, it just kind of fell to me. I could have fallen uh, prey to taking a quarterback early or looking at someone like Keenan Allen with a great record or all these wonderful running backs like Joe Mixon, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon. And I said, no, sir, I will take the best player available. And in this format, with his youth, youth dominance and the upgraded coach now, bye-bye, Dirk Cutter. Mike Evans is fantastic. The pick I hated the most is George Kittle. Now, I think this is fine value for George Kittle at the beginning of the second. I like him. I, it's kind of a coin flip, but I actually like him better than Kelsey in, re, in Dynasty Leagues. But it's the fact that you took Deshaun Watson with the pick before. It's more of a relevance pick. The fact that you bypassed on wide receiver and running back. Running back's a little less important, but to bypass on wide receiver until third round, it's going to show. And although Kittle is a difference maker, we don't know how that offense is going to look with Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, with better receivers that are also healthy, including Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd coming in. 
So, and then 15 running backs. I mean, this really could become a, he loses 20 targets this season and he is not as relevant. And although he's going to be a difference maker at tight end, it's not that great looking. And then the big question mark, of course, is Todd Gurley. No one is questioning Todd Gurley being a second round value because he is value there. But the question is, his knee is so questionable that you don't know if you bought damaged goods and if he'll ever get even nearly the carry count he needs to be an elite guy. But at this value, you don't need him to be an elite guy taking him as like this, what, seventh running back or something like that, eighth running back. Um, It's not horrible. The thing is, this is a question mark. You have the best receiver in the league. And if you have the one of the best running backs in the league, at least for the next two to three years, great pick. We'll see how it turns out. There could have been safer ways to go, like a top-end quarterback, Travis Kelsey, or someone like Amari Cooper, or Julio Jones. So, next up, we're going to go into the third round. Speaking of old people, not Julio Jones, because that was a pretty obvious pick early, although I actually devalue him a little bit. I'm a little worried he's not going to hold up, but I've been... I've been proven wrong plenty. I just feel like they're going to start to spread the ball more with all the weapons they have, the run game being healthy. I just don't think he's going to be quite the elite talent he's been in the past. Going forward, especially with Dirk Cutter, which is a return to not great normalcy, although he was unhealthy for a lot of the seasons. No, the old man I'm talking about is Antonio Brown. Now, we can all poo-poo on Jeremy. I tend to quite a bit, but I actually liked this pick a lot. He's around the same age as Julio Jones, but he is a extremely good route runner. Not that Julio is a bad one. He is an excellent route runner too, but he's always one in space and without taking hits. Antonio Brown is not a physical receiver. He's not overly fast, and yet he is the best receiver in the league right now, or one of. And I don't think that Derek Carr is as bad a downgrade is Ben is going from Ben Roethlisberger as people want to say he is. Not saying he's as good as Ben Roethlisberger. Pump the brakes, but the fact is he's going to be the featured number one in John Green's offense, and Derek Carr will focus on him. Yes, he won't be quite as valued as he's been in the past, but I don't see any reason why he can't be a top eight wide receiver for the next three to four years. So great pick there. The pick I hated the most in the second round, or the third round, was the pick that went right before it. Smooth Routes himself, Kenny Galladay. It's not that I hate Kenny Galladay, but I'm sorry. His routes aren't that smooth, guys. He's got decent route running. But a lot of his success up to this point has always been the fact that he was the second or third fiddle. He's made a lot of mistakes, and yes, he's gotten better each year. But we, yet, lest we forget, because everyone loves the nickname of Kenny G so much and all the the beautiful sax clarinet playing, whatever it was, the fact is, man, he is a sixth-round pick for a reason. He is going to not be a quality number one compared to other people. And I think there was a much better route to go with Antonio Brown, believe it or not, but also people like, I don't know, Robert Woods, heck, T.Y. Hilton even. Um, These are all, and Cooper Cup. These are all guys that, like, I have more confidence than a team that has shown a progression to throwing the ball less, 
a receiver who has shown a progression to not being as effective as the number one, and with a healthy carry-on Johnson coming with all that run, with Hawkinson coming in, like, I'm sorry. he They added large receiving pieces, including getting back Marvin Jones. What they took away was the small slot possession receiver that opened things up, so... And Danny Amendola doesn't really do it for me, so I'm not a big fan of Kenny G going forward. And then the big question mark, it was really both Vikings receivers, but I'm going to go more on Thielen. Diggs scares me because all the the injury history and not playing a full season, and he's very up and down, hot, hot, cold, hot, cold. But the big question is uh, Adam Thielen. He's older. I believe he was, what, 27, 28, something like that. Um, tail of two seasons, the change in offensive coordinator, change in offensive uh, philosophy, the fact that they have Irv Smith Jr., who's a smaller possession tight end, um, Dalvin Cook healthy. Like, these are all things that he didn't do well the second half, and that's when Dalvin Cook was healthy. That was when a lot of these things were going on. And I think that it's going to be a return to normalcy where he's going to be a tail end wide receiver one to high end wide receiver two, and I don't think it's going to last that long he is getting older and i think the vikings although they made him happy i think they did a wrong or a disservice to their team by paying them after the fact they bet on him and they bet correctly then they rewarded him i'm never a fan of teams rewarding contracts when they don't have to and i understand if he ended up holding out if he ended up being a piss poor person about it then you deal with it at that point but don't be proactive and pay him a boatload of money for no reason uh, coming in, sorry, that's just me venting as a Vikings fan. Coming in in the fourth round, my favorite pick of the round, Matt Ryan. Justin seems to think I like to poo-poo on him as much as Jeremy, but that is just not the case. Matt Ryan is an excellent pick there, although I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Ryan, and I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a down year. He is still relatively young for a quarterback with amazing offensive pieces. He's always been in a good offense, and he's always proved himself. Even if that means he's going to be wide receiver 13 or quarterback 13, 14 at worst, oh no. You're going to have the worst of 14, 15, the best of top five quarterback every year for the next six years, seven years. I love the pick. Great pick. And although I, I like it there, it's actually about where I had him valued. Um, the fact that you got him after other people because you really could have missed out on him, but people were taking like Mitch Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him. I I love that to, to no fault of your own made it even better. Uh, the pick I hate is also a quarterback in the same round that went much earlier in that round, Cam Newtones. Fig Newton himself has a bum arm. And yes, it's rehabbed, it's better, surgery, blah, 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 blah. Did he magically get accuracy installed in it? Like, is there some computer chip now? He is not a good pocket quarterback, and they're doing everything they can to reduce his running. CMC, better run game, these quick hit receivers. Like, it's going to help his completion percentage a bit, but he is not a quality quarterback. And with Will Greer coming in, I know not a ton of capital behind him, but the fact is they could pivot from him, and he's in a contract year, I believe. So it's a little scary. I don't love the pick there. The big question mark one for me in this round is Robert Woods. Now, I love Robert Woods. I think he's fantastic, but the thing is he's getting a little older. The team could pivot and maybe move to Josh Reynolds in his stead after the next two years. 
and this might be a this is the best you get at Robert Woods. I would like to bet and think that he's going to be quality from three to four years, which is a good enough window for me. Um, but there is the questionability with his age and the fact that they could get some good turnover, especially since they wasted so much money on Todd Gurley. That's right, folks. Todd Gurley might have screwed the receivers a little too much because they will have to sign Cup. They're probably going to keep Cook since they traded a first-round pick for him after trading a first-round pick for Sammy Watkins. So I think they're more enticed to keep Cooks around, Cup around, and Woods is going to be the odd man out after this contract or a trade happens. And then finally, let's go to the fifth round pick I like. Honestly, the fifth round was my least favorite of all these rounds. Uh, I didn't like the picks. Uh, there was some forced picks as far as the quarterbacks drying up a little too early. A lot of question marks of how good DJ Moore is going to be, Derrick Henry. And the one I really like, believe it or not, is Chris Godwin is my like pick of the round. Um, he's talented. We know that. He would be a decent number one in another team, but he gets to play behind Mike Evans, and I think that's a fantastic thing, considering he is going to occupy that slot, and that slot was very helpful under Bruce Arians. Mike Evans is going to be the dominant guy, but I think Godwin is going to push him for total catches, although the yardage will be down, and he will have a good chance at a bunch of TDs. So I think that's a fantastic pick. Uh, the pick I hated the most, and it was the end of the fifth round with Phillip Rivers. Rivers is a great quarterback, but he does not have a contract pass this year, and I'm not saying that he's not going to resign, but have we all seen chicken wing throw? The dude has the most ugly, disgusting-looking throwing motion of all time. Sidearm, retard strength for how little his arm actually moves, but he still throws a limp biscuit out there. That's right, in the hot dog-flavored water, boys. So Philip Rivers is not a great pick to me, especially when, uh, and I'm not saying like take Josh Rosen, but like I actually have more faith in Drew Brees. Uh, the fact that Derek Carr was still there. Uh, I might even have a, a bigger love for Brady going effectively longer. I feel like although, uh, what's his name, Easton Stick is not the answer, they're going to give him a shot to maybe succeed. Um, or succeed uh, Philip Rivers in a couple of years, and if not, I think they're going to go after a QB next year. So I just I don't love the pick there, especially when there was a lot more quality. And surprise, surprise, of course, it's because Jeremy made that pick. Awful, bad Jeremy. Now the pick I do like in that round that came a little earlier, and yes, this is a heavy QB round again, is Sam Darnold. The question is, what is Sam Darnold going to be? Uh, he was one of the guys I was hoping to target that round, never got to me, and I just kept pushing the QB back and pushing the QB back because of it, and I got stuck with Matt Stafford, which I was not happy about, but I kind of had to bite the bullet at that point. Anyways, Sam Darnold gets Crazy Eyes McGoo, Adam Gase himself, and Adam Gase is now the interim uh, GM. He might destroy the crap out of that team in the half a year to a year that he's GM or even the month. So it's a little scary. It's a little questionable. Let's hope that Gase doesn't ruin Darnold because I think although Darnold still has some rawness and mechanic issues to him, I think he has a lot of potential. So let's see if it gets nurtured or destroyed. And with that, we are done with the rounds one through five. Let's go uh, through a little bit of the later picks that I liked. So first up, a pick that I liked was Derek Carr at 9-4. Another guy that at that round, a little later, I was targeting him. 
Beautiful pick that late. It's not that I like Dagger Carr that much, but he's a lot safer than people think. He's got, what, three or four years left on his contract. He's got great weapons now and every opportunity. At the very least, he's safe for another two to three years. So that was a fantastic pickup uh, in the ninth round at 9-4. A really fantastic later pick was Deshaun Hamilton at 12-7, guys. That was amazing. Um... This is a guy that is going to replace Emmanuel Sanders. They're saying he wasn't 100% last year, and he did pretty decent with it. And, like, oh, he can catch 100 balls on hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole. With that being said, he's in a great opportunity if Flacco and Locke don't horribly suck to be the number one possession guy. I think he's going to be a... He has the potential to be a very valuable wide receiver three that could end up jumping into the tail end wide receiver two, depending on how Locke uh, develops. So that was a fantastic pick. Another wide receiver fantastic pick I liked was later at 15-4 with the Equinemius St. Brown. Now, besides having the most ridiculous name of all time with Equinemius St. Brown, what is he? Is he a Bonix? Is he a saint uh, in the Catholic Church? I don't know. All I know is he is a receiver with some decent chops, a chance to develop. We all know that Green Bay wide receivers suck their first year. It's just facts of life. Look at Devontae Adams. We hated him for the first two or three years before he finally broke out. And Equinemius has a chance to be the other outside receiver. Now, he's not going to have the volume of someone to say like MVS or... Toronto Allison, whoever takes that slot role, but I think he is the most likely to take that second outside receiver, and unless they decide to go with Jimmy Graham and Jay Sternberger, I think he has an opportunity to be that like James Jones guy where he gets in like 700, 800 yards and can maybe tickle the fancy of double-digit touchdowns. I don't know, but it's a great pick, and he's the most likely of all the young guys to not suck and disappoint. Um... Next up, we had a tight end that was stolen right from under me. I thought he'd keep going because of the injury concerns and all the uh, negative talk about him. But Will Disley, Big Montana himself, man, I was really hoping to get him as my third tight end. And I took a jump on Shaheen. I don't know why because I think everyone, no one is as woke on Shaheen as I am in this league at least. But getting Disley at the 22-3 uh, is a guy that like burst off and granted it was only for a game and a half, two games. But, man, he could be the best big receiver on that team. DK Metcalf could be crap. Gary Jennings could be crap. And Tyler Lockett apparently is going to be the new Doug Baldwin, who, but just faster and maybe a little less unassuming so he gets better covered. I don't know. Anyways... Uh, Disley could end up being the best red zone target because, I'm sorry, DK Metcalf is not great unless he is running super far downfield real fast. But if they get the red zone and Pete Carroll loves to throw in the red zone, why not go to Disley himself, man? Don't diss me with that Disley hate. Great pick. Uh, Speaking of a great pick and only because of opportunity because he is a big hot pile of garbage, well, a tiny hot pile of garbage because he's a little guy but he can't catch for some reason, is, uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. This is RG3, not Ronald Jones Jr. My bad. Had him mixed up. Anyways, 
RG3 at 23.1. Now you're like, man, why would you want that? But the fact is at 23.1, that is what, three rounds from the end? Useless dart throw picks. Why not get a guy who's probably going to play four games in Atlanta's quarterback at minimum? Uh, two-year contract. Other teams were trying to trade for him. Like, this is a opportunity. He is the next uh, best... Will he, won't he, quarterback pick behind uh, Teddy Bridgewater, yours truly. Uh, but the fact is, he's going to get some work this season. I, I, I think undoubted, undoubtedly that's going to happen. And at the very least, Axel is going to leverage the crap out of the Lamar Jackson owner for losing that quarterback. Like, oh, what do I do? Well, hey, how about you take RG3 off me for like a, I don't know, 2023rd or something, or second? Something to help save your season and give me some more picks. So I love that pick. And then the final pick I love in the later rounds is yours truly's pick of Zay Jones. I don't know why everyone hates on Zay Jones the way they hate on Dawson Knox. Yes, Josh Allen was awful with his efficiency as far as uh, completion percentage but and catchable balls, but Zay Jones is a second-round pick. He is pretty impressive. And on top of that, guys... Sorry to burst your bubble, but I think Josh Allen's actually going to improve quite a bit. And I think this is a great spot for me to get him in the middle, late draft. Um, With the chance to be a good wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. And he's putting on weight, which is always pretty good for a running back. I mean, for a wide receiver instead of a running back. Running backs would like to lose weight. Uh, Although CMC, of course, can't lose any more weight. Otherwise, he'd be Tinkerbell on the field. Uh, moving on, let's get some picks that I hated out of the later rounds, but this includes some earlier ones because obviously the earlier you do these picks, the more I'm going to hate them. Uh, number one is Will Fuller at 612. It's not that I hate Will Fuller. I just hate Will Fuller's ability to be healthy. And if you're going to take him at 612, you're passing up guys like, let's see who went after him. Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Lockett, Dante Pettis at that time, Robbie Anderson. I mean, the list goes on. Curtis Samuel. My goodness, folks. This was a terrible, terrible pick this early because this guy is going to maybe give you eight games this season. Maybe. Sorry, but I don't want that in my six-round pick, especially since you traded for that pick by giving up a bunch of crap for friggin' Pat Mahomes. Next up, we had Corey Davis a couple picks before. This is just a personal belief. I think Corey Davis is a fine player, but I think he is all strength and talent, or physical talent. I don't think it's in the head, and I don't think that the Tennessee Titans are a good nurturing team for a wide receiver. And the fact that A.G. Brown's going there and his route running ability, um, it's just not a great pick. And it's nothing against Davis. His value is actually not far off where it should be, and you kind of have to take that shot. But at the end of the day, I would rather take the Tyler Boyd shot. I would rather take the Tyler Lockett shot. I'd rather take the Sterling Shepard shot. Just because this early in the draft, I want someone that I know is going to uh, contribute to my team and not someone that could be gone from my team in two years, having done nothing for me. Uh, Next up was Jared Cook at 13-8. That's right, folks. I'm hating on the old man, and I'm pretty sure... Let me double check. 
I don't remember who I'm hating on as far as the team that has Jared Cook. But the the big issue is you passed up a lot of quality players still at the tight end position and pretty much just quality players still. There was a few running backs, a few wide receivers, uh, QB2. But the big thing is, like, Jared Cook, come on, man. One year, if he picks up the offense well, he'll be useful. Maybe two. Give me Mark Andrews. Give me Jack Doyle. Give me Ian Thomas. Give me Hayden Hurst. Give me anyone. I'm sorry. Those guys are all better at the tight end position. Like, I just, I don't understand it. That's more of a later pick to try to win now if all the other pieces are there and you just didn't cash in on tight end. But, and I'm pretty sure that was a depth piece. I don't remember. I'm not going to go through my notes. Anyways, the next up I'm also going to hit on the tight end is David Njoku. Again, at 9-11, this isn't horrible value, but it was who was on the board still. At 9-11, there was just too much quality behind him as far as receiver uh, and running back. There is still very usable guys you could have gotten and then worried about tight end later. And honestly, I don't believe in Joku. I believe he is a workout freak. I think he's going to have a couple flash games, and then he's going to burn out quick. He's just not a quality player for that team. Uh, speaking of not a quality player for that team, this guy's been pretty much written off already, but taking Josh Rosen at 6'2 was a awful pick. I'm sorry. It's not that I hate on Josh Rosen. I, I hope on the, the world that he bounces back, but man, he is damaged goods right now, going to a damaged team in rebuild mode, and you wasted the 6'2 pick on him, guys. Come on. That is freaking awful. And it's awful because you could have had guys like Derek Carr. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep saying it, but Derek Carr was a much better pick than Josh Rosen, especially since he came three freaking rounds after him. Come on. Ugh. And, and don't think this is all just like, I hate on you and I love all my stuff, but uh, let, let's give you one so you don't think that. The last one of the specific players I hated was Tom Brady. The reason why is because it's not that Tom Brady went for poor value, especially compared to all the quarterbacks that went ahead of him. But, um, man, did I just, like, misinterpret you guys entirely. Uh, I figured you guys had, like, that horrible run on QB early, and then you'd be smart to, like, build up skill positions. Like, no, you just did not want to do that. And I had I was, I got forced into taking Tom Brady because... I don't know if I'll get a QB in the rookie draft. I'm going to try to. I probably will. But the thing is, I just needed one other QB because at first, I didn't think I was going to win the season. But as the draft started shaping up, before that point, I was like, wow, maybe like I should. So I kind of took the shot, and I was not proud of myself. I wish I went a different route entirely. There was a lot of quality players. Uh, and then pretty much the only other thing that I have a knock on is other than Nikhil Harry, and this doesn't count for him, uh, in the rookie draft, obviously, I'm not a fan of pretty much anyone that picked a Patriots player that wasn't previously on the Patriots. I'm sorry. ASJ, um, all these guys, even my Ben Watson, although I took him with like the last pick or second to last pick, so less, it matters far less. But the fact is, these guys take so much time to learn that offense. Everyone fails. So why would you waste your time on a guy that's on a one-year contract, maybe two-year with a team that's going to get rid of them? 
and they're going to do crap because they don't understand the offense, and they'll be bit players with one or two games all season. Uh, same thing goes for Jacksonville. Any wide receiver that got picked from Jacksonville, with the exception of maybe DJ Shark, just because DJ Shark do 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 do. Has the ability to jump up, but man, like Marquise Lee, injury risk, blah, blah, blah. D.D. Westbrook, he's whatever slot receiver, but like the volume's not there. Um, I do. Keel Cole, undrafted or six-round guy, flashed and then fucking went away. I'm sorry. These are just awful picks, and you should all be ashamed of yourself. Um, That pretty much just sums up the picks I liked and hate from the later rounds. And then the big one is the winning moves now the winning moves are not moves that i'm like man you're so smart you're amazing what these picks are are for the value you got them at if they end up being what they could be with ceiling whether it's now or in the future man they could be winning moves uh so we're going to start off with a pair of my picks with tyreek hill and kareem hunt i believe i went back to back on uh those were my two, yeah, my two sequential picks in the seventh and eighth. If Tyreek Hill doesn't get suspended for more than six games or something because she lied, but they still want to do it all to Zeke, uh, whether he stays in Kansas City or not, the seventh round for Tyreek Hill is amazing. And if he stays in Kansas City, my gosh, that is beyond amazing. So. Uh, that would be fantastic. And then the big one is Kareem Hunt. And I'm kind of banking on Kareem Hunt being somewhat useful now and either turning into a Kamara Ingram thing or the more likely thing is they're going to let him walk and get a second round compensatory the following year or trade him and get a second round pick or something. So, or a third round pick. So um, Kareem Hunt could be fantastic at that value in the eighth round uh speaking of running backs in cleveland another value is duke johnson i am a firm belief that they're going to get rid of him at some point and i think had he gone to a team that needed a kamara style cmc style not workhorse but heavy workload guy he's a very capable pass catching back that can run he is pretty durable for a little guy and I think that he had a great opportunity if he was let go by the Browns. So, And that's just a firm belief in Duke Johnson. Not everyone has to share that, but that is just my personal belief. Uh, a couple other running backs that were taken late that have a chance to really pop and be good. Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette. There's a lot of reasons to not believe it, but if somehow he finally cashes in on all that potential and ability, then, man, you got a third-round running back way later. And uh, same with uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones went in the sixth round. And if they end up being smart, and I'm not sure they will, but if they end up being smart, Peter LaFleur uh, stops making his jokey joke makers and uh, makes Aaron Jones the number one guy, then, man, Aaron Jones is going to be a win-win. Uh, running back at the receiver. And then the last one is Ronald Jones at running back. Um, that's just getting him super late in the opportunity. I think he's crap. I think he sucks. But the fact is he is the starting running back potentially because Peyton Barber's a one-year undrafted free agent or one-year contract left or given uh, for an undrafted free agent who 
was plotting and whatever. If Jones can somehow pull it together and be the starting running back for Bruce Arians' offense, even a timeshare one, but the the main guy, like, dear gosh, that is going to be some sweet, sweet fantasy loving. I just doubt it's going to happen, but it'd be a winning move. Uh, and then finally, we have a couple receivers that were taken a little later than they should have. Mike Williams. Uh, he could end up being a number one receiver in San Diego. If he does, he is huge value. If he stays kind of where he's at, he's decent value. But if he takes that step up and he ends up being that, that pedigree that he was drafted as is the number seven pick in his draft, my goodness, uh, that's going to be a winning, winning draft. And then the last one is Corey Coleman. Uh, same draft. I think he went three spots ahead of Mike Williams that year, and he has an opportunity to be the third guy, and he has the highest pedigree out of all the guys on that team. And if he somehow clicks, which I doubt he will, but he could be the OBJ replacement. I'm not saying he is OBJ. I'm just saying he could be the number one pass-catching option behind, say, Quan Barkley and Evan Ingram, so the number one receiving one, I guess. And he could be a tail end wide receiver two for you and to get him so late in the draft fantastic pick all right man i feel like the micro machines guy here but like i said i got hockey and i gotta leave in about like five minutes so we're gonna run through real quick and go down the line i'm just gonna give strengths weaknesses and needs and priorities going into the rookie draft so first off we got no chance in hell Brian's crappy team. Uh, obviously, strengths are QB and tight end starter. Weaknesses are running back starter in depth, wide receiver starter in depth, and his needs and priorities should be running back, then wide receiver, then tight end depth. Um, and running backs, particularly with working legs. Sorry, Darius Geis. Next up, we have the Stole Cold Stunners. I don't know how to do a Stole Cold Steve Austin uh voice anyways because i'm not raspy like him i guess strengths are his qb starters and running back starters man uh some weaknesses are wide receiver depth and tight end i mean like you have one potential guy in gesicki but after that uh, i don't know so needs priorities going into this draft are going to be wide receiver and tight end after that you can maybe worry about running back and future qb but uh, wide receiver and tight end are the big focus this year. Uh, next up, you have yours truly, the nature boy, the fantasy goonie. Woo! Uh, with strengths of obviously wide receiver and maybe running back. It all depends uh, how Kareem Hunt shakes out and couple other depth pieces but pretty much the only strength is wide receiver uh my weaknesses are definitely lack of youth in the qb department uh running back depth and tight end because they're all a bunch of question marks that could pan out but i might need something uh priority needs right now i need a qb running back and tight end that one's probably the least focused but uh who knows Tight end might actually be my focus just because of what falls. Or I just take more receivers and screw y'all. Anyways, next up, we are all out of bubblegum, one of my favorite team names. Rowdy Rowdy Piper himself. So with strengths, we got wide receiver starters and QB starters. Now keep in mind, a lot of these, you're going to hear strengths, you're going to hear weaknesses. 
That doesn't mean your team sucks. It just means everyone's got a lot of strengths, or some strengths, a lot of weaknesses, and there's very few teams that are well-balanced coming out of this deep, deep, heavy draft, especially with the amount of starters we got. It's going to be more of a war attrition after the first year or two to get real dominance. The first two years is going to be real crapshoot, in my opinion. Anyways, like I said, wide receiver starters, QB starters of strength. Uh, weaknesses are running back youth and health. Tight end, like age and health. Uh, tight end, is that all you have is just that? And wide receiver depth. I think the big priorities are going to be a you need a number one running back and a number two wide receiver. Um, tight end too, but I mean, chances are you're probably not going to grab that. You're going to probably wait on that. Who knows? Next up, we got Can You Digs It? Sucker. Uh, tight end is the major strength, and then in my opinion, there's a good balance of the skill position starters. Um, nothing overly flashy, not a ton, not a ton of depth. Just the starters are well balanced, decent team. Weaknesses though are the QB, the running back depth, the wide receiver, the wide receiver depth, and I think it needs to be focused on in QB, running back, then wide receiver. Um, receiver, you're just, you're not going to get a ton this year, um, outside of maybe six guys that can hit and a couple guys that might be like tail end guys. Uh, anyways, next up we have Axel's team. I'm not going to even do the French name. Uh, you do a American wrestling name and then we could talk. Hell, you can even have a foreign wrestling name like Rey Mysterio, I think was the Mexican luchador wrestler. Anyways, please get a different name, and then I will not call you Axel on this. I will call you by your team name. Until then, you got a good QB starter. Uh, you got good wide receiver starter. You got good tight end and good running back starter. This is one of the more well-balanced teams. The only problem is your QBs are old, and your running back and wide receiver depth is kind of lacking. You're probably going to want to focus on wide receiver then running back, and potentially a QB youth. You'll probably take someone that might develop, but probably not. You're going to have to look at further years ahead. Next up, we have Thunder Lips. Now, with strengths, we have wide receiver. Quarterback's decently strong. Not overly strong, decently strong. Uh, now, though, because Drew Brees. And then tight end now. Uh, you got a little age to the tight end. I believe you were the one with Jared Cook pick, actually. So the weaknesses are definitely uh, running depth, running back depth. Maybe it depends. You have a lot of team, a lot of players that could hit and be okay, but there's a question on depth. And then tight end age. I'm gonna look as the priorities going running back, tight end, and then QB last, and that's because you can get a couple more years out of Drew Brees. Uh, and I'm sure you're probably gonna wait on QB this year. Unless they fall. Uh, next up, we have Frey Tormenta, which is just the worst team name ever. And you suck, Jeremy. Uh, strengths are the QB starter and tight end because he took him early, like a tard at the same time. But whatever. And running back depth and tight end depth are weak. Uh, and running wide receivers, whatever. So my thing is I'd probably focus on wide receiver, 
uh, running back, and then QB. And the QB is more of a maybe next year thing, too. Next up, we have Lesnar's Mexican Supplements getting him swole AF with a running back starter, wide receiver starter, and tight end for his strengths. This is a pretty good, well-balanced team. The problem is he's weak at depth at those positions on running back and wide receiver, and he is very questionable on QBs with health and futures on their team. I'm going to recommend that the focus be on QB, then wide receiver, then running back. Uh, You can flip-flop running back, wide receiver, but there's more wide receivers that could possibly pay off this year. And honestly, if you're going to build something, build for the future, not now. Um, Unless you can take a real shot this year. Um, Next up, we have the Thunder from Down Under. So, QB, running back, and wide receiver two, I guess, is his uh, strength here. The fact, though, is the weakness is he's he's really missing. He's got good two good receivers, I believe. Uh, I don't have the roster up ahead of me. Uh, but he is lacking true wide receiver depth. Everything is question marks, question marks, question marks as to whether that depth is going to pay off. And then his tight end's depth reliability is the other weakness. And because of those reasons, I would focus on wide receiver than tight end in the draft. Next up, we have the uh, Fielding Goldberg with the strengths of running back and tight end with all them muscly muscles from Goldberg. And weakness is your QB depth, and you lack a wide receiver one. You got some good depth at wide receiver, but no true one, no power punch. So with those reasons, I would focus on wide receiver and then tight end. Boom, boom. Oh, sorry. QB and wide receiver. QB death, wide receiver. I was looking at Thunder down under for a second. Uh, Chances are you're not going to get that number number one wide receiver, so you might want to look a little later on that, but who knows? Maybe knock one out of the park. We will see. And then finally, we have the last team. I'll rock your world, which I'm not really a fan of that team name, but whatever. And with that, QB, tight end, and wide receiver depth are all quality, quality positions for you. But the problem is, what is the strength of that wide receiver depth? And then also your running back depth are the two weaknesses for me, Uh, especially running back. I'd probably focus on running back, then wide receiver, and then maybe looking for some QB longevity. Although this is probably not the draft queue, especially if you don't prioritize right away. So, sorry this feels a little rushed. I am like the uh, micro-machines guy, obviously. But um, that's kind of just the way I had to do it. I hope this was helpful. I hope you had fun. Thank you. But I'm going to play some hockey now. So, uh, tune in after the rookie draft. We'll have uh, some better analysis, I think. A little more time to prep for the show. Um, Hopefully, we get Brian on for his um, hot young studs of the week and or i guess the preseason right now and like i said uh oh as always message me on the group me message or on twitter at the ff goonie if you have any suggestions for the show like i said this is rough this is just me talking i'm going to try to get a little more sound and fun and flavor in it 
but I just kind of had to rush it this week. Uh, just a little too much going on with having to practice today and also the tournament coming up this weekend for me. So anyways, with that, remember, as always, Goonies never say die. Everyone has ace! So this is the end of our story, and everyone is dead from AIDS. It took from me my best friend, my only true pal, my only bright star. He died of AIDS. Well, I'm gonna march on Washington, lead the fight and charge the brigades. There's a hero inside of all of us. I'll make them see everyone has AIDS. My father, AIDS. My sister, AIDS. My uncle and my cousin and her best friends. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. The gays and the straights and the whites and the spades. Everyone has AIDS. My grandma and my dog go blue. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. The Pope has got it and so do you. AIDS, 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 AIDS. Come on, everybody, we got quilting to do. AIDS, 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 We're gonna break down these barricades. Everyone has AIDS, 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 AIDS,